The information in this broadcast is for educational purposes only and is not provided as a professional service, medical advice, or is it intended or implied to be a substitute for diagnosis or treatment. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this broadcast with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician and other appropriate healthcare providers. Hi, I'm Pete Levine. Welcome to Noggins and Neurons, Stroke and TBI Recovery Simplified. I'm a clinical instructor and clinical researcher. I've co-authored dozens of scientific journal articles about brain injury recovery, and I'm also the author of the book, Stronger After Stroke. I'm Deborah Battistella, occupational therapist, creator of the OT's Guide to Mirror Therapy, and an OT educator. I have a lot of experience working with survivors. Most of my clinical practice has been in a certified stroke center. Pete and I are especially interested in talking about what rehab, neuroscience, and clinical research all have to say about the brain and recovery. But don't worry, our job is to make this stuff simple. We're here to make it so that everyone, clinicians, clinical students, caregivers, and most importantly, the survivor, understands what it takes to leverage their great neuroplastic brain for recovery. So we are like elated about it because I mean, this is where it happens in the brain. Like that's where the change happens. So to be able to have something that drives that neuroplastic change, that's evidence-based that combines all those components is so exciting. We hope you're enjoying our conversation with Doro and Lynette from the NeuroHub as much as Pete and I enjoyed it. In part one, we talked about their business model and their client-centered practice, how following your heart increases career satisfaction. They shared their OT process from evaluation to treatment. They talked about goals and motivation. They shared about the many players and concerns associated with driving following neurological injury and other diagnoses. We talked about the importance of cognition and vision and the relationship among the two. We all shared some neuroscientists and other medical professionals who inform and inspire us. And then we talked about how Doro and Lynette treat subluxation in their clinic. Read Just to let you know, it's being recorded. Launch meeting. Launch meeting. So I'm going to leave this one. Yeah. Do you want to give me permission to record, Pete? <laughs> that was Sorry. our bad. No. Should we include your watercolor drawings in the background? Oh, yeah. we can totally try to do that. You guys can admire Doro's uh, artwork there. Is that a neuron? It is. Wow. That's quite an axon it's got going what on. kind of neuron? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say a cortical neuron. Is that wrong? It's a motor neuron. You're right. <laughs> the number of synaptic connections. I'm a little disappointed with that. <laughs> well, you know, it's... We're working on it. Yeah. Let's put it this way. It's better than any neuron I've ever drawn. So congratulations. <laughs> so you guys ready to get started? We think so. Well, whose idea was this to do on a Friday? At six o'clock. <laughs> My my noodle is nogginned. <laughs> uh, you must have a tough boss, Lynette. Yes. 
So, hey guys, we are super excited to have you guys. Thank you so much for coming. We know how stressful these podcasts can be. And you can go back and listen to our first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so thank you so much, Doro and Lynette, for, for showing up and and having the courage to go through this. But but here's the thing, here's the good news. It's gonna be a long slog. We have about 300 questions to ask you. Oh, fun. Yeah, and we wanna get into your patience and what you're doing. We think that you guys are really aligned with us in terms of embracing technology, being evidence-based, and being sort of patient-centric, like mm -hmm. looking at them holistically. And maybe that's a good place to start. So I'm gonna ask the first question, if, if that's okay. <laughs> Ask away. Tell us where in Florida your two facilities are. They're both in Altamont Springs, Florida. Is that a really big town that you can have two <laughs> satellites? So the reason why we acquired a second location is for the brain computer interface program. We were in a neurogym and it is loud there. It is not conducive to concentration. It's a high energy environment. Yeah, it's exciting. It's, it's great. It's yelling. It's, it's good music to facilitate. Yeah, yeah. But, but not great for concentration. When it comes to mindfulness and concentration, it, yeah, we needed a really quiet environment with low stimulation. Right. Neuro gym and there's neuro hub. Mm -hmm. There's two separate hubs of the neuro hub part. No. So the neuro gym is actually called core and it's a separate entity than us. Center of Recovery and Exercise is the other one. It's a, it's a gym that specializes in activity-based training mm -hmm. for the neuro population. So it's exercise physiologists that received advanced training in working with clients with neurologic injury and illness. It's a full body approach. They get them up, they get them moving, no matter what injury you had. Mm -hmm. We partnered with them four years ago, as they just wanted to expand their services and, and have more of a one-stop shopping for the clients where they could also get upper extremity rehab and not just whole body, whole, yeah. whole body and legs. So that's... So that, that was the neuro gym. And then you guys, did, did you keep an office there at core? Yeah, we yeah. still have one. That was the that's original our office. We still have it. And then we took on the second location specifically for the BCI and the driving training. Um, and we have questions about driving training. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm not finished with my questions about the, <laughs> about the BCI. BCI. Yeah. Yeah. You got to chill out, Deb, because I still got questions. <laughs> okay. So how far away physically is your new facility from the core? Less than a mile. And we did that intentionally because we wanted the clients who still go to the other location to be able to, to come, come here, here for the brain computer interface program. Do, how big is the staff for just you guys? Is it just you two or do you have secretaries and all that stuff? Or? No, it's us. And then we have a third um, OT and then we have a PT that comes as needed and a speech therapist as needed. Oh, good. And uh, do you find that one of you may be at core and the other is at your new facility? <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little bit of a headache <laughs> when it comes to scheduling, but it's a new and exciting. Uh, get the hang of it. Yeah. Venture. You know what you need is a neuro hub shuttle that just goes around. I and thought around. about it. I said, that. I said a, a golf, golf cart. cart. A golf We're cart. In Florida. Yes. And, I and could do that. Yeah. You we, could, I, could drive the, I could drive the golf cart. <laughs> yeah, it's like 12 bucks an hour, Deb. I don't think they can afford you. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. Now I have a, yeah. a kind of a, a clear 
perspective of what's going on. But when um, clients call, they will likely get myself or one of us. Like it's just it's us. Yeah, that's it. And 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 just to <laughs> review, so you focus on brain injury, stroke, any kind of acquired brain injury. I know you're doing stuff with amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. What other pathologies? Spinal cord injury. For, sorry, I didn't mean to leave them out. Who, who else are you working with? Spinal cord injury. MS, MS as well. MS, uh, shark mari tooth. I mean, there's. We have an ADEM. Mm-hmm. I feel like we get a little bit of everything, yeah. but mostly things related to the majority the nervous system. Yeah. Is stroke, TBI, and spinal cord injury. What do you talk about? Because you know that a lot of the neuroplastic stuff consolidates when they're sleeping. How do you counsel mm-hmm. people with regard to sleep? Mostly we yell at them. Uh, for being on their devices too late in the evening. Talk about blue light and its effect and trying to get in touch with the rhythms of the sun, get into daylight early during the day, turn off the devices, but that sleep is a vital part of recovery. And without it, all the stuff that we do is not as effective if they're not sleeping. What is your guys' perspective on, on napping? Do you say, yeah, you should do power naps or is that not good? I'm a huge believer in naps. I um I track my sleep every day. With we our both, aura we rings? Both do. We what? You got yeah. aura rings? Yeah, are you familiar with them? No, wait a second. Is this connected to your iPhone or something? Yes. Yeah. So the aura rings have, I, I don't know if you can see this, but they have three little sensors inside and they measure your blood flow, your respiratory rate, your levels of REM. Um, it's amazing. The stages of sleep. So I mm-hmm. can look at it and see, oh, well, last night I got 30% of light sleep, but my deep sleep and my REM were only at 15. So I'm going to have a rough day. And yeah. <laughs> well, we try not to do that. But okay, if you notice that, then you can adjust parameters so you can get yeah. more vitamin D or you can, you know, you can adjust your vitamin intake or your food intake or the timing of your food, all of those things to help with sleep. Yeah. So these rings, what are they called again? Aura rings? O-U-R-A. O-U-R-A. I think I've heard of these. And do they connect to the smartphone? Yes. They do. And they have an airplane mode. If you're concerned about EMFs, that, that effect on your brain, it has airplane mode. And then, yeah, she's going to show you what it, you're going to show them what it looks like. Mine actually just reminded me that I should prepare myself for bedtime now. <laughs> so the best thing would be to shut the screen off. But I'm making an exception for you oh, guys. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Okay, yeah, but so. we love these devices. So, so tell me again what they track. So this was my sleep last night. So I slept for 7.6 hours and I was awake for two hours, 10 minutes. My REM sleep stages were one hour and 20 minutes, my light sleep three hours and 46 minutes, and my deep sleep was two hours, Yeah, which that was, I got good numbers. And then it also, it tracks your latency, how long it takes you to fall asleep, which is important to get a better understanding of your sleep pressure. Do you have enough sleep pressure built up or not enough? Right. Um, If you knock out like a rock, as soon as your head touches the pillow, you are overtired. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually scores you negatively if you fall asleep yeah. too soon. 
Yeah. So it looks at just to kind of go over the metrics, total sleep, time in bed, resting heart rate, sleep efficiency, uh, latency, deep sleep, REM, restfulness. It also looks at your resting heart rate, your body temperature, and it's been used to predict COVID. Mm-hmm. And respiratory or when you're rate. Sick. Same with respiratory really? rate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the MBA, they, they were given to the MBA for all the MBA players to use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the HRV is a big one. Oh, the HRV. That's my yeah, favorite thing about it. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the HRV? Heart rate variability. Oh, I knew that. So do you, <laughs> do you two often sync with your heart rates? Um, that we haven't looked at. So the heart rate variability, the way it measures it is at nighttime because you're, you have to be fairly still. So during the day, it doesn't measure it as accurately. Yeah. Unless you take a nap. Yeah. So is, it determines what, kind of like the Fitbit, based on accelerometry data, how much you're moving will determine how much it thinks you're sleeping? Uh, no, it's more than that because the sensors in there, they, I don't know all of the science, but I know the sensors have to do and it looks like it's kind of like, you know, how the new Apple watches can track your oxygen. Yeah. Your saturation. Right. Right. It uses that kind of technology. You you did the woo-woo hands. I did the (laughs) woo-woo. Yeah. They can't see the, the, what are they called? What kind of hands? hands? Yeah. 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 They're doing the technology hands, the flittering of the, uh, the digits. How did you find out about this? And do you recommend this ring to your clients? We do. So we found out about it through... I first learned about it, I think, through Peter Atia. Yeah. That's how I learned about it. Who's one of our favorite physicians who we follow. We're like fangirls over Peter Atia. And then you heard about it through one of your friends as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. A couple of my friends were using it and telling me about it. And then... Cool peeps in L.A. You know, cool, the game. cool peeps in LA. Yeah. You got cool peeps in LA. Yeah, man. man I love LA. <laughs> I love LA. Sounds like a song. It is a song. It's just <laughs> a cool place to be. And there's always shows and there's great food. And I don't know what, how you could have anything against LA, but you got cool peeps in LA. Yeah. And yeah. they were using it. And they were then, using it. Yeah. So we had to use it too. So, uh, like they were in California and they had the mood ring. So you had to have the mood ring because that's the thing that you, yeah, you get it. That's what you the problem to. with having peeps in LA. Right. Right. <laughs> keep yeah. up with the peeps. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we love it. And I've used it a lot too, like the data from it to kind of adjust things when I'm really trying to, to get focused yeah. and get better sleep. So you oh, guys my. are really interested in how your patients sleep. Yes. Because you understand, we consolidate the hard work that neurons do during the day. There's protein synthesis, which then builds new dendrites that then forms new synaptic connections, but almost all that connectivity happens when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. So if they're not going to sleep, they're not going to be able to do that hard brain work. Correct. We Correct. read them the wide act in a way that makes sense to them. That's the tough part because we're very passionate about sleep. Our clients, I mean, they get it from us, but we really want to cross that barrier to get them to understand it too. Like one of the things we recently learned is how the brain washes, washes itself, itself, which is amazing. Wash of amyloid yeah, yeah. beta. One it's of the things that, that cause, causes Alzheimer's. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. lymphatic system. The lymphatic system. Yes. Yeah. So it washes out all the metabolic waste from waste your brain, the garbage. Yep. So if you're not getting into a deep enough sleep at night, if you're, you're not, not getting restful, rem, you're not washing your brain out. Well, you could say to them, look, you don't have to sleep that well. Don't worry about it. But we'll see you in skilled nursing in a few years. 
a lot of your clients have had brain injury. They're already susceptible to Alzheimer's and dementia. So you can say, go ahead. You, you like skilled nursing. You know, they roll you over every once in a while. They feed you with a spoon. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah, that, that might be the way. Um, yeah. that, that would be tough love and probably not appropriate nor legal. But uh, <laughs> so remember, if you guys go off on a tangent again, you say, be okay. as silly as you want. That's so great because we go off on tangents all the time. Like that's that's yeah. us. Mm-hmm. We have I have ADHD, which I would like to rebrand as attention abundance disorder. Thank you. Know? you. A-A-D, yeah. We're just interested in lots of things all at once. We we both have it. Yeah. Yeah. Want to know about everything. Yeah. Of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have like a sleep protocol that you recommend or you don't get that deep into it? It depends how open the client is to it. I've had a client, I recommended him to wear the Apple Watch at night with to track his sleep through the auto sleep app. And I looked at it every day and gave him recommendation. He actually followed it and improved his sleep. Mm-hmm. But then he didn't see any results in his daily life. So, so he's like, he forget eh, about it. I'm going to watch on Netflix till 12. Yeah. I am. So, but yeah, there's, we don't have a sleep protocol in place for clients, but I'd love to put one. In place. Yeah. Yeah. I have one for my personal life. Yeah. Same. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. Every time I think I'm going to have a sleep protocol, I can't sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got the the blue light blocking glasses. I've got, um, what else? So many things. I got the Himalayan salt bulbs. You know, they sell those like light bulbs with Himalayan salt in them to give like natural warm glow that's supposed to be easier on your brain and your eyes. Mm -hmm. Put on some socks to increase the blood flow to the feet to cool down your core temperature. Have you heard of the chili pad? We talked about that last time, didn't we? I don't don't know that we did. Did we mention it? No, we didn't. Okay. So in order for Mm -hmm. you to get the deepest sleep, right? You have to have your body temperature drop to a certain point or have a difference in body temperature. So I'm a very warm sleeper and I, had the hardest time. I would keep having these night awakenings, but then I got the chili pad. So it's this pad that you put. Yeah. It's amazing that you put under your, under your, your blankets, your sheets. Right. And it runs cold water through to keep your body cool. And you can adjust the temperature. The deep sleep you get is amazing. So my husband can put his side on low and I put mine on 72 and it's perfect. Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. called the chili pad. Yes. Mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah. I'm thinking chili peppers or something, but no, no this it's water. Not. It's a water bed, but is it like the mat? It's like a mattress. It's just That's like a, so a little bad. mattress topper, and it's got like little. And it, you, you can hardly feel it. It's amazing. You got to look into it. It's very thin tubing, almost like an IV line, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it kind of yeah, yeah. yeah, and it runs water through it, and you can adjust the temperature mm-hmm. in the water. Yeah, it's not like a cooling pad that they use in the hospital for people who've had sudden cardiac arrest. Oh, I haven't seen that. I don't think it goes that cold, but Mm. oh my gosh, maybe that's what I need. (laughs) 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 But yeah, it's it's a game changer. So we, I mean, we're really into sleep like that. Like we found, we're nerdy. We we look at all the different things that you can apply to get better better sleep quality yeah it's not just sleep but it's i'll try all the things the the thing that i found impacted my data the most though was timing of meals before bed really so the longer Mm -hmm. period of time i put between my last meal and bedtime i found the impact on my sleep was huge like the the heart rate drops the Mm -hmm. most your body temperature drops same with having a glass of wine that's a big no-no if you want your heart rate to drop at night 
Hmm. Oh, I don't know about how our listeners are going to feel about that. <laughs> I know. Well, are you saying that our listeners are alcoholics? Is that what you're saying? I'm just I just down. know a fair amount of people who enjoy that glass of wine. Well, that's fine. Just have it earlier. Yeah. Okay. Earlier in okay. the night. Yeah. Have it, have it in the afternoon. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. At work? It's five o'clock here. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday. Okay. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't underestimate the value of good sleep. Absolutely. For brain health. It is the cornerstone of healthy brain. longevity, healthy brain. Yeah. One of the cornerstones. One of the corner. Yeah. One of the yeah. We have more. What, what, <laughs> what? So wait, if it's a cornerstone, does that mean there's four of them? That, wait, that so phrase are, would indicate pretty, that, wouldn't it? Hmm. Well, there's more. There's assuming nutrition. assuming that the stone is square, square. or rectangle. Yeah. yeah. So we're making a lot of assumptions. It's here. like a math problem. <laughs> a headache. <laughs> and OTs oh, can't no. math. That's wait, what we're right. Saying. Right. We don't know how to count correctly. So yeah, whatever. It might be two stones. It might be five. Who yeah. cares? Okay. So um, <laughs> let me ask you this. So you said another cornerstone is diet. What are you suggesting? Like, I'm going to get these guys to write the next edition of my book. Yeah. Right now, and this is all being recorded. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll literally <laughs> take it from the speaker. <laughs> yeah. People often ask about nutrition with regard to brain injury recovery. What do you suggest? For that or any kind of neurological recovery is there are there supplements is it fish oil what do you got for that so it's not just supplements and fish oils one of the most important things is the awareness we like to look at the gut as the second brain i don't know if you're aware but 90 percent of the serotonin is actually built and created in your gut and not in your brain so a lot of things come from the gut and we mm-hmm. think it's from the brain so if we don't take care of it with good nutrition, keep the inflammation low. Right. That's the biggest thing is things that will reduce inflammation because in the gut, gut, right. There's so many different diets and there's so many different prescriptions. It can get crazy. But the thing that's never the villain for the most part are vegetables. Yeah. So like you can never go wrong eating more greens and some healthy oils, get an avocado in there, but just to kind of be aware and get as many greens and veggies as you can make your, whatever's going to make your gut bacteria happy. And that's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. I found, oh my gosh, there was such a cool study. Do you remember the one? There was this one study or they had people wear glucose meters. I forget what the duration was for a few weeks and they had them eat different foods and see eat people's individual response. And not everybody responded the same way to the same food. So things that you would think would increase your blood sugar didn't for some people. Um, so it's very individualized, but I think it's a matter of finding what works for, for you yeah. with a focus on decreasing inflammation. Right. Mm-hmm. So our big thing is to just create that awareness and asking clients, do you know that mm-hmm. your gut and your brain are related? Right, connected. Yeah. Pretty much one. And if you don't take care of your gut, you're not going to help your brain. Mm-hmm. So as far as specific supplements, I mean, I know there's a ton that I personally take, but I feel like it's just beyond our scope to make those recommendations to clients. But we do recommend that they see a nutritionist, nutritionist. or get nutritional counseling, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Do you have a nutritionist that you work with or that you refer to? Mm, not at the no. moment. Mm-mm. There was one that I saw. She was a holistic nutritionist, but not to our clients. Yeah, it's tough. I know it's tough where I live. I have one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but cities are big. And then trying to find someone who can serve more people, that's the challenge. And what do you look for when you are looking for a nutritionist? Or what is it that you like about the one that you have? 
Well, the one that I have, he's a chiropractor, he's a nutritionist, and he does energy testing. Mm-hmm. So, which I have found is in alignment with what you're saying, because a lot of foods that you can eat, I can't eat. And mm-hmm. the same with supplements too. So, supplements don't always act the same in every person's body. And I think it's really important to know if the supplement that somebody's taking is truly going to address a specific need. And inflammation does seem to be the the big thing these Mm -hmm. days. We seem to really struggle with that here in the United States. Correct. Yeah. I mean, most of the diseases or ailments can be tracked back to To increases in inflammation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The food sensitivities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had... um, when I was working at the hospital, I had a, a physical therapy partner. We worked together every weekend and she was from India. And she told me that her family and people that she was related to and her friends over in India, they did not have Alzheimer's and dementia the way we have it here in the yeah. United States. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, there's a lot of there's turmeric, curcumin and the mm-hmm. golden milk. And mm-hmm. yeah, so we have sleep and we have Another cornerstone is a diet. Mm-hmm. What are, are any other cornerstones th- that we can talk about? Exercise. In nature. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do and you that- count nature and exercise as the same? No, but I think they're equally as important. Let's talk about nature. That really interesting segment. It was essentially about nature bathing, how it's uh, there's so many benefits to getting oh, back. Oh, goodness. Your okay, so your holobiome, right, is your microbiome of your whole body. And so when you're out in nature and interacting with nature, your body is interacting with the environment, right? I know it sounds a little uh which is gonna make your gut bacteria happy. Yeah. Um if you dig in the dirt, you know, and garden, mm-hmm. for example, exactly. Or you go to the things. beach and you yes. lay in the sand. Get those negative ions up your feet. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> But yeah, uh, getting out in nature, doing things that are enjoyable, getting a sense of community. Yeah. Mm. Community. That's a, that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, And I think where we work, the neuro hub is kind of located adjacent to a neuro gym that we work in. And there's a a really strong sense of community there. And I think that's really important for our clients. Do all of your clients participate in that? Not all of them, but a lot of them. Mm -hmm. I would say the majority. Do they have planned programs? What's planned? Mm-hmm. It's trainer-led, one-on-one. And classes. And cl- they have some classes, some um, like CrossFit rock classes. Rock study boxing. Rock study boxing mm-hmm. for clients with Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. But other than the classes, it's one-on-one training. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Yeah. And then I think mindfulness is also Oh, my really gosh. Important. Yes. Meditation, of course. Yes. So okay. Important. So I don't, have you ever heard of heart math? Of course. Yes. <laughs> yes, I got one. And no, <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on increasing my coherence. Um, I don't understand all the science, but I understand how it's good for me. So I try to uh, include that as well in my repertoire of things for your brain. Do you follow and- Dr. Joe Dispenza? Uh, yes. Wait, wait, wait. What, you, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Just another corner. So a heart map is like, I guess you, you might have a better, better sense of it than I do even. Well, the Heart Math Institute, it's, they measure heart rate variability. They talk about the importance of the connection between your heart and your brain. 
And when your heart and your brain are connected, then you experience a greater sense of peace, a greater sense of belonging. You're more coherent. Your brain is more coherent. Mm -hmm. They have some free programs that you can benefit from. And then they have some trainings that you can go through. And they're really good for helping people manage anxiety and depression. And they have that little device. Have we used the device? Yeah. I don't I don't have the device. Yeah, I got but, it. It's cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Like the little clip for you. Yeah, it clips onto your ear and it measures your, your heart rate variability and your heart's frequencies and all that stuff. And it gives you like a coherence score. Mm-hmm. And your goal is to to follow the prompts and and have a certain coherence score over time. But it really helps. Mm-hmm. The thing again is just consistency. But yeah. And you can use your breath, the breathing, mm-hmm. to control and manage your heart rate variability. That's, that's something cool. that the aura ring does too. So you can take what's called a moment to do where, you, where you meditate and it um, reads your heart rate va- variability and shows you the graph, how it increases as you get further along in meditation. Were you able to lower your heart to, rate yeah. during that meditation session? And usually mm-hmm. heart rate goes down, HRV goes up. Yeah. Um, body temperature should increase. So when I do it, I put the aura ring on for a moment and then I do the heart math at the same time and then I look at the data. Oh, nice. oh that's really cool. Data. So yeah. you, you, we, we need a ring and, and then we need a thing on our ear mm-hmm. and then we need, we need a watch and we probably need a phone <laughs> to see all this stuff. <laughs> you don't need we, all those things, but they just make it more fun. We are cyborgs. We're just cyborgs. <laughs> but hey, don't forget to go outside and dig in the dirt too. That's right. right. Well, you have to read your book under a tree. Yes. Yes. I love all these things. Can we talk some more about meditation? Because I know a lot of people struggle with meditation. They think they can't meditate. Some people have a resistance to meditation. Do you have different recommendations that you make? For clients, headspace is a really nice one to yeah. start with. A guided meditation, I think, is always best. And to get the idea that there's a right way to do it out of your head. Because mm-hmm. I think the most important thing is taking that moment, moment. Yeah. to relax and breathe. And I think that above everything. Yeah, that's the first start. Consistency of just taking that right. time, allowing you the time. And I always tell clients, it's okay. If, if a thought pops up, yeah, no big embrace deal. it, yeah, yeah. think it, and send it on its way, mm-hmm. and then try again. Yeah. Um, so that's how I kind of learned to meditate mm-hmm. where the first few times my brain was flooded with a million thoughts yeah. at once. And um, I learned to just embrace it. And now I can get to a point where there's nothing. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing because I struggle with that nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Still, that's why I have all the devices <laughs> and the prompts. God, that must be what I'm doing wrong. I don't have enough devices. For me, it just makes it more fun because I, I like to see the data and am I improving? What can I do to change it? All that kind of stuff. But for clients, I would definitely recommend something guided. And if they're serious about habit change, I don't know if you've read the book Atomic Habits. Yes. Oh my Great so book. Good. Oh my gosh. Game changer. Yeah. Love that book. You know just- what's another good book is oh. The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Yep. I mean, that to me speaks to occupational therapy, if nothing else does. Mm -hmm. And I think that focusing on habits and building 
good habits for good routines, that's an OT superpower. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I love Atomic Habits, because it really helped me understand that shaping and changing your environment is the key to helping you form good habits. Yeah. Like changing the structure. Setting yourself. Yeah, Yeah, basically setting yourself yourself up up for success. success. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what we try to teach our clients. Mm -hmm. If your home exercise program is hiding in a stack of bills, you're not going to be doing it. (laughs) But for example, if you... If you think about it, every morning after your cup of coffee and you start that. Right, pairing it with something you enjoy. Mm -hmm. So many different strategies. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Pete, you know what's great about podcasts? Well, a lot of things. You have a world of different options. You can fast forward through stuff you don't like. And it's all on your phone, so you can listen to it while you're driving or exercising or doing chores around the house. Well, that stuff is pretty cool. But that's not the most important thing. Wait, what do you think is the most important thing? That when you listen to the radio, all you get are ads. Even NPR shuts down for it seems like weeks to beg for money. Uh, uh uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh, what? We're about to do the same thing. You know how much work we put into this. The research, the endless technology hoops that we have to jump through, the websites, the equipment, the editing. We just need a little help. Well, how can people help? Through Venmo. We have a Venmo account, and any little bit will help. Our Venmo address is at Neurons, because of course it is. At Neurons? How much do you think people should give? About a million dollars. Come on. Okay, like $500? Are you serious? $50? Let's just put it this way. Every little bit helps. If you want to support Noggins and Neurons' effort to simplify the best of neuroscience and rehab science for brain injury recovery, then $1 million to add neurons. And here's some good news. 20% of everything we get will go to the Brain Injury Association of America, which helps individuals who've had a brain injury, family caregivers, and the professionals who help create a better future through medical research and treatment. I would love to hear more about home exercise programs, what you recommend for people and how you set them up with a home exercise program. So typically, yeah, it really depends. I would say the majority of the time when we really design a home exercise program is for our intensive clients who may only see us for a few weeks at a time and then they're pretty much off on their way unless they decide to do another program with us. That's mostly when we design them, yeah? Yeah, those are more the complex home exercise programs. So can you give us an example of a home exercise program? There. Now I that I can, put you would on it be the spot. applicable to more than that person? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I wouldn't recommend the same, you know, like a general one, right? Yeah. But for the most part, scapular mobilizations, all of our extensors, yes. exactly. That's pretty much a, a, a staple. Yeah, staple is everybody. Posture, right? Scapular stabilization, scapula adduction, for a lot of our thoracic clients. extension, just to sit upright, anterior pelvic tilt. And then we build from there. So if somebody has, I don't know, severe weakness in the shoulder, then we might give them very specific exercises to target specific muscles. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot. The, you know, the device that we spoke about last time, the upper extremity ranger, there's quite a few exercises that we have them do with that. That's probably a fun favorite for them to do at home. Yeah, yeah because it, it, it's easy to use. And they can, once they're set up, Sometimes they might need help with setup, but something they can mostly do on their own and feel like they have good success with. So you recommend that they purchase a UE Ranger? 
most of the time we don't make that recommendation. They're like, where can I get this? Oh, okay. Um, and then we're like, okay, since you have this at home, let's use that as part mm-hmm. of your home exercise program. When you're working on pelvic tilt, for example, do you bring in mindfulness that way to like bring in sensation and awareness to the body? Like to help make them more aware of mm-hmm. their body? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think awareness is so key. Yeah, we let them feel it. We, a lot of times we facilitate the movement, help them get into the position and then, okay, now feel what it feels like. And then we let go of the position, let them feel what the difference is. Can you tell the difference? We transfer it to different positions, whether they're in a chair, on the mat, whatever it might be, and trying to tap back into that movement. Yeah, so but we create it easier. Awareness all, is yeah. huge. Yeah. And being able to recreate oh, yeah. it on their I mean, own and what should it feel like, yeah. all those things. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> if they don't engage the mind, then you know we don't have those changes in the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Just to remind everyone, um, Heart Math Headspace, which is an app, I assume, for meditation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, yep. Atomic Habits and the Power oh. of Habit. Yep. All of those are going to be in the show notes. So everything that you guys spiel out, if if it's not, um, the UE Ranger will, will have a link for that. Cool. Uh, cool. Just so. Anybody listening knows, look, I got to be honest with you. So Deb and I debated asking you about a particular technology that you guys had. And as we were negotiating, having you guys come on, because as soon as we met you guys on the Zoom meeting, we were like, we got to get these guys on. Um, We were debating whether we should talk to you about this new technology. And um, I can edit all of this out if you'd like, (laughs) but I get the feeling that you have the um, EEG. Oh, yes. Driven. You get the feeling. It's, yes, it's no, it's amazing. here. And we're so excited oh about it. Whoa, 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 wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was waiting oh for you to ask. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So go. What, what do you got? Go ahead. Ask away. Okay. So what's the question? First of all, do we have it? It's a- brain computer interface. Mm-hmm. And you're using electroencephalogram technology. Can you take us through, uh, how many people have you used it on? Let me ask you that first. One, two, three. Three clients and ourselves so far. <laughs> yeah. We and ourselves. Time. You got to yeah. try it on yourself. Yeah, for sure. So you've tried it on three people. Tell us about the technology itself. Is there glue involved? Is it a helmet? How's it work? So basically, it's a cap. A, a mesh, a wireless mesh. cap. Yes. Super fancy. Super fancy. We love it. With 16 points of contact mm-hmm. for the EEG. Yep. And you strap it on the client's head. Put and a bunch of gel on the electrodes. Yeah, you inject gel into the electrodes for connectivity. connectivity. Mm-hmm. And then we put the e-stim on their wrist extensors. Mm-hmm. And then they're hooked up to a functional electrical stimulator. And that's the setup. That's the setup. And then they will sit in front of a screen. And on the screen, all you see is two arms, two forearms and hands. And a voice will cue you left or right. And as you get cued, it asks you to imagine the movement, but only imagine. So that's where we go back to mindfulness, which is so cool. So you imagine the movement. And if you imagine it correctly and your brain triggers that, uh-huh. area right the functional eastern kicks on it's wild yeah and so cool and it's amazing to see 
what happens to the brain. You can't, I mean, you can't trick it because we did it on ourselves. To trick it. Yeah. And as soon as I became distracted or anything mm-hmm. like that, nothing happened. And you're like, oh, okay, I gotta, I gotta refocus. Yeah. It's really rewarding for the client too, to move their arm based on what they're thinking. Yeah. Right. And so that's part of part of the mechanism is that it's supposed to drive neuroplasticity through the repetition, through the motor imagery. That's the thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's so many of the, the evidence-based Components. treatment components. Yeah. It's the visual imagery, feedback on the, or the avatar on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's the functional system. Repetition. It's the repetition, visualization, mm-hmm. and it's new and therefore it's more engaging for clients. It's fun technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and it requires your focus and concentration. Like you really have to be able to attend to it. Yeah. It seems a little monotonous because it, it's just lift, imagining lifting your right and left wrist. But uh, the commands are given to you. It's, it's randomized. randomized. Yeah, That's it's random commands mm-hmm. that the client won't know. And I mean, it hits all the key points for creating new plastic changes, the mm-hmm. repetition, the challenge, the meaningfulness. Yeah. So it's, it's recommended that they do 25 of these sessions that last approximately an hour, 90 minutes with setup and takedown. Yep. They do 25 of those and about halfway through, you should start to see some kind of functional or noticeable change. And in some of our clients, in one of our clients in particular, she's had maybe about six sessions and she's already noticed decrease in spasticity, uh, a significant decrease in spasticity in her yes. fingers and her elbow. On the Fugelmeyer scale, she's improved by two points mm-hmm. after six sessions. Yeah. Yeah. But Components. it's yeah. super exciting and very promising. And we have a few more clients starting this month. So we are like elated about it because I mean, this is where it happens in the brain. Like that's where the change happens. So to be able to have something that drives that neuroplastic change, that's evidence-based that combines all those components is so exciting and then at the end of each session you get this beautiful printout printout this picture that will well, they give can't. you you can show it to us and you can email us an example that doesn't have any patient information on it yeah, and, yeah, yeah. absolutely so and, it'll give yeah. you a picture and show you the brain activity and it'll on the bottom is a curve it'll show left and right and it'll tell you how long it took you from the verbal command of engaging the left to actually engage and how long were you able to keep hold the, that hold image the, yeah, yeah hold the image keep engaged versus dropping down you see the activity in the brain so for the left imagination we want to see a more a more activity on the right side so i have a question mm-hmm. yes people have to pay attention mm-hmm. they yes. have to imagine it shows how long they're able to hold that image do people notice a difference in the way their thinking is does it affect cognition we actually just had the gentleman who is involved in creating this who trained us come here and i asked him the same thing because i have noticed in one of our clients that's doing well a change in her affect ever so slightly. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't, we, we didn't measure it, but it is something that I noted, but it's not something that's supported by the research, but it's interesting. So I I have a question. So if, if they can move into wrist extension with regard to this technology, they shouldn't move. They're only thinking about the intention to move. Correct. Correct. 100% correct. So you get repetitive practice before somebody could move, they could theoretically be flaccid and still have repetitive practice that might drive cortical change that then translates into actual volitional movement. Exactly. Is there somebody who's too high level for this? Great question. 
I think there can be. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody that has a decent amount of motor function already, mm-hmm. they might not be appropriate for it. I'm not sure what that threshold is, to be honest, though. Yeah, I'm not sure what the threshold, but I think somewhat functional volitional movement would be too much. So we really want the clients that have a fairly dense hemiparesis going on. And the great thing is a lot of these clients that have changes had their stroke many years ago. Right. I mean, the, 10 the, plus years ago. And then the time post-stroke is yeah, isn't a factor yeah. when it comes to this technology. So it's not... According to the data. Correct. So it's not that you have to get this treatment within the first six months to be successful and see changes. No, most of the clients in the studies were 10 10 years out Mm -hmm. and had functional changes. Is this something that you would not want to do too soon after the stroke? Is there a recommended question too? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know if I would do it in the acute stage. I can imagine it to be too taxing on the brain Mm -hmm. at that point. Maybe fairly soon after, like three months. Yeah, after that's what so. I was thinking yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is uh, really cool. Oh, Pete, did you have a question? Because I have a question. I have 13 questions written. Okay, hey, great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I got a couple of things. It makes sense that spasticity would be reduced because as you reestablish brain control over spastic muscles, the spinal cord goes back to doing what it's good at, which is relaying messages from the brain to the muscles and not taking over and doing this endless reflex loop. So that makes sense. Um, I'm curious, why just the wrist extensors? Is that part of the protocol? What about the elbow extensors? Hey, right. Exactly. I don't know why they chose that joint. And we asked the same question, but the idea I think is just to get motor, uh, motor control of that side, right. To, to create rewiring on the correct side of the brain or closer to the correct side of the brain. Correct. And it does translate to the entire upper extremity, which is the wild part. So if they, if they have bilateral involvement, they're going to do bilateral stuff irrespective of if they're Mm -hmm. unilaterally involved or bilaterally involved, typically in things like constraint induced therapy, you want to quiet the less affected side of the brain so that if the more affected side has to steal from that side, it can because it's quiet. But mm-hmm. that's not the idea here because both limbs are doing it. Do you, do you get the feeling they're, they're asking for both limbs to move so that there's bilateral training kinds of stuff? Or So the idea is to get uh, better uh, Dis- concentration, concentration, and- like disintegration from both mm-hmm. sides. Great separation of yeah, yeah. the two hemispheres. Exactly. Um, you want to separate the hemispheres. So even if it's not in the exact spot where it should be, where it should as be long as the motor cortex, mm-hmm. if it's close by and the adjacent areas take over, that's what you want. So a lot of the clients initially had activity over both hemispheres, and they're now starting to have more activity towards one side. Of the brain versus both. They're starting to separate. So it could potentially work. And we're about to see this because we're going to have a client try it who is affected on both sides. Mm -hmm. So we're really excited about that too. I saw a video on Instagram of a little guy. Yeah. So is that CP? No. Little guy? He had a cast on. He was. um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he had a stroke shortly after birth. Mm-hmm. Um, he had open heart surgery and then suffered a stroke or several strokes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he's awesome to work with. He's yeah. come such a long way. Shoot. Yeah. And he's responding really well to the constraint um, 
program, we're doing modified constraint with him. Mm -hmm. So he only wears the cast when he's with us. Um, but he knows by now he holds his arm up. <laughs> we put the <laughs> albeit begrudgingly, but he's he's a pretty good sport about it. So cast on. <laughs> The thing about PEDS and constraint-induced therapy has always been, well, first of all, it's a constraint, not a restraint. Often with children, they'll put the cast on 90 degrees at the elbow, up to the axilla, over the fingers, everything is blocked. And even then they'll cheat. But then when you take it off, like you during it, like a bivalve yeah. kind of thing. And mm -hmm. when you take it off, they never want to put it on because that's their good arm that you're, you're messing mm -hmm. with. And, uh, but you have somebody who's mature enough, even at that young age to know, Hey, you know, put the thing back on me. I'm ready to do some work. Yeah. I mean, we use tricks. I mean, we put but, stickers but he, <laughs> on it. We bribe him with snacks. Even so he's a really good sport about it. I have to say, because we shake the cheese puffs in front of them. <laughs> you know, what would help is a golf cart, because if you could just drive him around for a while and he'd be like, okay, let's go back to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Agree. You need a golf cart. I think that's that's one thing we figured out. Another piece of technology that you guys need is a golf cart. Yeah. And then a Tesla. Kind of some rainy days. Yes. A Tesla golf cart. There you go. So can we? Are we done with that, Pete? Can we go back to the? I have no idea what, what we're done with or what we're starting with, Deb. <laughs> not sure where we are right now. Oh. So yeah. you have another question about the BCI. I do. I kind of, it's more of a back end question. So, questions like, how did you decide that you wanted to incorporate technology? And then, can you maybe walk us through your research on it and questions that you were asking so that you chose what was appropriate mm -hmm, or what yeah. you thought was best for your clinic? Yeah, sure. So, we're, we're constantly looking at new technology. We're constantly on the web, searching, looking, reading, mm -hmm. kind of go from one thing to the next. Yeah. And like um, the squirrels that we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you found out about it. It was in it Austria was, or? Yes. Yeah. So there was a brain training. It was a 10 day intensive course. Oh, on, that's where you learned about it. Oh, my gosh. On yes. the use of EEG in mm -hmm. brain disorders, basically, or injuries. And that's where I learned about it. So, so explain a little bit. It's the, okay. It was a program that was running about EEG, yep. but it was at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. because it yeah. was in Europe. Yeah. So this lovely woman woke up, watched the webinars, and that's where she heard about it. Yes. And so she came all excited and told me, but I was like, we have to get it. Yes. We so we started to. looking into it. And before the seminar was even over, mm -hmm. like day two, mm -hmm. I was already on the phone with one of the reps in the States. And I'm like, we need a Zoom call. So <laughs> <laughs> we met on Zoom and he explained the equipment to us. Um, and the research behind and it. And the research behind it. And, and like, sent whoa. us the research. And we said, whoa, whoa, whoa. How can we get it? Mm -hmm. Can we trial it? And then um, here we are six yeah. weeks later and we're trialing it. Mm -hmm. So is this like personal interest, personal desire to serve the population? <laughs> because I know of many therapists who are a little resistant to incorporating technology or maybe their clinics are resistant to incorporating technology? I think money is a big factor for many clinics. It's a problem for us too, but we still... I think at the end of the day, like we have a lot of clients that have tried everything. Yes. And so we our outcomes, right? That help. is what we're looking yeah. for. So if it, if it requires putting the EEG cap on their head and putting the FES or whatever it takes, we're going to do it. If yeah. we can find it and it's effective and evidence-based, we'll find a way to help them. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll find a way to bring it. And technology, we love it because we see so much better engagement. Yes. During treatments. Yeah. It's not the, what is it called? Rainbow Reacher and the oh clothes pins yeah. and the, yeah. the box oh. and, the, um, <laughs> and the putty and the coins. No, it's just a totally different, it's a game changer. Technology mm-hmm. to our clients is a game changer. They feel and like they're, oh, they're, they're valued mm-hmm. um, because they've gotten a lot of the, the pennies, the putty, the pegs. In the prior settings, the inpatient, the outpatient. The sock donor. The The sock donor, yes. So when they come here and all of a sudden we present them with this high-tech equipment, they've, I want to say they almost feel like taken seriously. Or or they're just excited. excited. They're engaged. They're like, like, I don't mind doing a thousand wrist repetitions if it's part of a game. Like we have this uh, Neo Effect glove. I don't know if you're familiar with Neo Effect. But that's another one that it, it increases engagement, it gets mm-hmm. the repetitions in. It'll come to you and I'll edit all oh. that out. Or if it's funny, I'll keep it in. That's the rule. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, um, I was just going to say some of the things, the other things that we've tried are the, the technologies that we have. Yeah, let's let's do that. Yeah, um, We've tried the whole Neofect suite. We have the whole We Neo have Neo the Neofect so. suite, which is the smart the board. Smart board. Smart pegboard. Um, smart pegboard and, and smart glove. glove. Yep. Mm-hmm. And especially if anyone likes the gamification of things, they tend to love the smart glove mm-hmm. and the smart mm-hmm. board. I saw something on your website. About you use a Sabo glove? Yeah. yeah. We also mm-hmm. use that. Yep. We use um, Sabo glove a lot. Mm-hmm. And we combine the Sabo glove with other things. Yeah. So, like the, we, we actually have used the upper extremity ranger with the Sabo glove. Yeah. Yeah. Or the uh, Raphael or New Effect glove. Mm-hmm for finger extension where we put the glove on and then play games that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go from boring repetition to meaningful competitions. Right. Yeah. Of who, who can release the most butterflies or <laughs> pour the most glasses of wine. Who, who are they competing against or are they competing against their previous so at, score? At one point we had like a, a scoreboard on our, in our clinic for this one particular game, it's called Airhawk, where you're like a fighter pilot and you have to like dodge all the bullets. So yeah. All the guys were playing against each other. Yeah. Deb and I have talked about this in constraint-induced therapy where you get two people that know each other well and they get together and then they start competing against each other because it's just a, a natural thing to do. And there's yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It sounds harsh, but yeah, compete, compete with your previous score, compete with the guy next to you, whatever, whatever it takes. And in our setting or in our practice here, everybody's family, all the clients know each other. They Mm -hmm. ask us about, you know, how is Joe Schmo doing? Whereas in a traditional setting, you would have to say, sorry, I can't share this information. But they've all given, for the most part. They've all given us the okay. If somebody asks how I'm doing, share it. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to know right. what's going on, what's working for me. Yeah. So it Take is a, my video, put it on Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a family atmosphere mm-hmm. and people are comfortable with each other mm-hmm. to the point where they compete. <laughs> so do you see them together? Like, are they in a, no, it's just well, like. Well, um, sometimes like if we're treating in the same room, yeah. then, then maybe, but a lot of the times in passing or, you know, they sometimes they have similar networks and that's how they, they, but yeah, I think just, you know, seeing each other in passing and we, we just have a great group of people yeah. that really they're engaged. They're willing to share their stories. They're willing to share their progress. And yeah. we spend time with them sometimes on the weekends and do events with them. Mm-hmm. And, oh, we have a great one. It was closed for COVID last year, but it's called oceans of hope. 
where it's like a surfing event. Adoptive surfing? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, it's super fun. So it's in New Smyrna Beach, mm-hmm. and it's by Oceans of Hope. They create a big event, and usually there's 150 there's plus volunteers. Tons of volunteers, and we create almost like a like a landing strip of people. Yeah. Right? So imagine the client is taken out in the water on his belly on the surfboard, and then we create a V shaped towards the beach. Mm-hmm. So the V opens up towards the beach. And they have a a tail rider on the board that kind of steers them, but then they ride the waves in. And no matter if they fall to the left or the right, there's always volunteers to get them right out of the water. Scoop them up. But it's It's so so many of our clients look forward to that event. Yeah, that's a great one. Gives you that. That Sounds amazing. It's really great. Do you find that because you're a private clinic that you have this freedom? Yeah. To do more things than if you were in a like a, a in, clinic associated with a hospital or in relation to treatments treatments and engaging in these community events i feel like the community events you could you still could. potentially yeah. engage in but like the freedom that we have is because we're a private clinic yeah for sure okay kids okay we'll talk soon bye guys bye. thank you Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We appreciate your support and would love to hear from you. Ask us questions and share your thoughts by email at nogginsandneurons at gmail.com. That's noggins, the word and spelled out, neurons at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, please share this podcast with others you think will benefit. Also be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We'll catch you next time on Noggins and Neurons, Stroke and TBI Recovery Simplified.